Shea butter and popcorn. <laughs> okay, let's start the show. Preparati per la stagione 4. Preparate para la temporada 4. Sit back, relax, and listen. Friday's gonna have you glistening. Get ready for a real good vibe. Shea butter and popcorn. Now live. Welcome to Shea butter and popcorn. With Taj and Chels, season four, episode 12. Shea Butter and Popcorn is the podcast where your neighborly film fanatics review our favorite films and shows. My name is Chelsea, a.k.a. Chelsea, singer, actor, blogger, podcaster, and all-around movie lover. And it's your girl Tajiana, also known as Taj, actor, filmmaker, lover of Black stories, Black narratives, Black everything. Welcome or welcome back. Yes, so much fun. We're going to have so much fun this week you guys this is a very interesting topic very interesting seriously talk about bringing back Bechtel but like going deeper we're gonna go deep we're we're going there we're (laughs) going going there y'all it's for real it's about the good versus evil tropes it's time for blueberries and broccoli oh yeah yeah. you see it all the time in films like Leon the Professional the Matrix training day you know the no bars held clear line of division. You're on this side. I'm on the other. Left side. Strong side. Remember the Titans. <laughs> Y'all know. Okay. Let's get into it. First up, Harry Potter, the series. Ranging from t- 2001 to 2011. All eight films are available on HBO Max. So stream that. Woo, my gosh. Time to have a marathon. Right. For real, those movies are like four hours each. <laughs> I rewatched the series for the second time last summer in July. My first time ever watching them was winter of 2019 with my sister. <laughs> and we bonded over being super late, fashionably late, to the Potterhead party. So we watched it. It was actually really cute. I'm like, aww. Getting lost in the wizarding world of Harry Potter with Hufflepuffs, Ravenclaw, Slytherin, mm. and Gryffindor. You know, my favorite films are six and seven, The Half Blood Prince and The Deathly Hollows Part One. I just like the way the writing is, the plot twist, the way everything's uncovered, and they really like dive into why the people are the way they are, the grown folks are the way they are, and Harry and the Golden Trio are trying to figure everything out, Hermione and Ron and stuff. These are definitely the classic, you know, pop culture staples and collective of films um, in society. And they had budgets of 1.2 billion total. And all eight films have made 7.7 billion. Amazing. Wow. Based off the books, J.K. Rowling. Great. So safe to say somebody had the Elder Wand. I will say that. (laughs) Pardon the cheese. My gosh. (laughs) Please excuse her. Someone had the Elder Wand. (laughs) Just saying. So the series was mainly produced by David Hyman and stars Daniel Radcliffe, Rupert Grint, and Emma Watson as the three lead characters, Harry Potter, Ron Weasley, and Hermione Granger, respectively. 
The late Alan Rickman is Professor Severus Snape. Of course, you have a slew of other British actors in this film series. You have Maggie Smith as Professor McGonagall. Julie Waters as Molly Weasley, Ron's mom. Gary Oldman is crazy Uncle Sirius Black. Everybody got an Uncle Sirius somewhere. Um, Helena Bonham Carter as Bellatrix Lestrange. That's the character I identify with the most next to Luna Lovegood, who Luna Lovegood is basically my Patronus. Why? She's optimistic. She's charismatic. Even though she's been through hell and back, she's so positive. She's not afraid to laugh at herself and be the quirky one, you know? Stay weird, my dudes. Also, four directors worked on the series. Chris Columbus, Alfonso Cuaron, Mike Newell, and David Yates. Michael Goldenberg wrote the screenplay for Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, while the remaining film screenplays were written by Steve Cloves. Production took place over 10 years with the main story arc following Harry's quest, of course, to overcome his arch enemy, the one who shall not be named, Lord Voldemort, played by Ralph Fiennes. He slays this role because he is evil incarnate. So this is really easy to see, good versus evil. Harry is an orphan. His parents died. He has all this opposition against him. You know, they were murdered and he's going against the guy who wanted to come back for the boy who lived. It's pretty simple. He is evil incarnate. Next up, Babel. Mm, so good. 2006. <laughs> oh my gosh. It is. It's so good. I'm thinking, I'm thinking about, no, it's because I'm thinking about the little cheeses, the baby <laughs> When you said Babel. Oh yeah. The baby uh-huh. bell cheeses. And then cheese. Okay. Sorry. Bye. Yes. Directed by Alejandro Inaritu. Available to rent on Amazon Prime. This film has a 69% on Rotten Tomatoes with 82% of Google users enjoying this film. This film had a budget of $20 million and made a whopping $135.3 million. Wow. So the synopsis is an accident connects four groups of people on three different continents. Two young Moroccan goat herds, a vacationing American couple played by Brad Pitt and Kate Blanchett, a deaf Japanese teen and her father, and a Mexican nanny who takes her young charges across the border without parental permission. So this is a very intense film. You know, the the topics, it kind of reminds you of Crash a little bit. Side note, the score is just absolutely beautiful, highlighting Ryuchi Sakamoto's Bibo no Azora. And I heard that theme Bibo again because it was sampled in Trey songs, Can't Be Friends track. <laughs> Fun fact. Again, with Trey songs. Again, we talked about Trey last week. Again, if you don't know, Sakamoto also did the Revenant movie theme because Alejandro Inaritu directed the Revenant with Leo. The important part of this film, without giving too much away, is the idea that the everyman can be evil when they least expect it or when they are doused in good intentions. It's like, well, I didn't mean to. I would never intend, like, that wasn't my intent, but look what happened. You know, it's like, uh, House of Cards, Caving In, Katy Perry, Firework. Anyway, what I'm trying to say... Impact over yeah. intent, y'all. Impact <laughs> over intent. Come on, come on. And then you see what happens when all, what happens when all your good intentions that go south, where that leads you. So, yeah, this one's a, that has that dichotomy there so, with the good and evil. It's not really plain to see. There's There's a gray area. Last up for me this week is The House of Sand and Fog, 2003, directed by Vadim Perelman, available on Amazon Prime. 
So this holds a 74% on Rotten Tomatoes, but 86% of Google users enjoyed it. This film had a budget of 16.5 million and made 16.9 at the box office. Synopsis is reformed drug addict Kathy Nicolo, played by Jennifer Connelly, has her California Coast house, which she inherited from her father, taken away by the county due to a misunderstanding about back taxes. The place is bought by Iranian immigrant Masood Amir Farani, played by Ben Kingsley, who intends to fix it up and sell it in order to provide a better life for his wife, played by Shahore Agadashu, I hope I'm saying it right, and son Jonathan Abu. However, Kathy, desperate to get the house back, you know, she went to rehab, she did all the things, she ticked all her boxes, she thinks in her mind, she's correct begins harassing Farani, so he will return it. The word harassment is so underrated in this film. I'm not going to ruin it. You guys have to watch it. But the hell they put these people through because of what they think is due them because they think they ticked off all the boxes to get their life in track. It's just disgustingly evil. They are definitely the evil ones to me. There is no gray area. Those are my picks for this week. Taji, let them know what yours are. The line. Where is the line? Who is who? <laughs> who is what? Yeah. Um, I definitely um am, am just trying to figure out what order to go in because I want to pull out some just super interesting, you know, the dichotomy of, of these characters and how they relate to one another. I'll save a fun one uh for last. But I will start off with the Matrix. And I want to specifically like point out the dichotomy and the I mean, this film in general is a classic and um, they actually just owned the most recent one. Um, I believe what number is that? Number four? Am I tripping? I think it's number four. Yeah. yeah that they filmed four. here at home, um, in San Francisco, uh, that will be coming out this year. Um, and I, I just feel like this franchise in general, my mom really loves the Matrix. So when I was younger, um, <laughs> I would, she loves the, all the stuff. So Alien vs. Predator, the Matrix, stuff like that. Um, like sci action, sci-fi. Um, and so, yeah, this, uh, you know, Keanu Reeves is just amazing. Lawrence Fishburne is amazing. And the action and the, just the teeter tatter, the, the going back and forth in general that runs throughout the whole movie is just, I feel like what reels you in. So for those of who are not familiar, the film is on HBO Max, but, um, it centers Neil, um, and Neo believes that Morpheus, um, an elusive figure considered to be the most dangerous man alive, can answer his question. What is the Matrix? Neo is contacted by Trinity, a beautiful stranger, who leads him into an underworld where he meets Morpheus. They fight a brutal battle for their lives against a very, very uh, big, <laughs> viciously, a big group of viciously intelligent secret agents. Um, it is a truth that could cost Neo, something more precious than his life. Um, so you have that dichotomy of those two characters. But can we please um, just talk about Neo versus Agent Smith and like that subway scene and how um, how important that was in terms of the trajectory of the whole film? Obviously, this is the original. This is the first movie. But I really, really loved seeing um these battles and just seeing the dichotomy of like these two characters like oh no like we talk about like yin and yang like what's gonna happen the good versus evil of like you know it's always the villain that has a certain intention and the the hero has a certain intention and you know 
um, you always usually side with, with the hero. Um, but sometimes, like how we kind of talked about before, there's sometimes a reason for these villains having, a, a, you know, certain type of disposition. Um, yeah. If you want to talk about, you know, like even before with uh, the Incredibles and Syndrome and stuff like that. <laughs> but um, even as the Oracle puts it, he is you, your opposite, your negative, the result of the equation trying to balance itself out. So as Neo grows in knowledge, um, understanding and greater capability with his own powers, um, Smith's powers also expand at the same rate. Um, and so, you know, as he's trying to reach into the machines from the real world, um, he, you know, is trying to stop the Sentinels um, and the, you know, stopping the bullets. Um, so Smith can reach into the real world by jacking out in Bane's body. Um, and there's just so much there in terms of the fact that <laughs> Smith can replicate himself across the entire Matrix. And all of the all of the shenanigans and all of the nuances of this film um, just really, really circle around how these two characters are the antithesis of each other. Um, so neither one can grow more powerful than the other. But obviously, if you watch the film or know the film, you see how it plays out. Um, but yeah, that's The Matrix. I always have loved The Matrix and the complexity of it. Um, it's a, it has an 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. 90% of Google uses like this a movie. It came out in 99. Wow, I feel old. I was two years old at the time, guys. But um, it did 465.3 million at the box office. Iconic, legendary. Um, and once again, you guys can watch it on HBO um, Max. But it's a very nice and complex film. It has lots of layers. So I love it. Um, also, my gosh, I'm just going to watch the subway uh, fight scene just, just for my own satisfaction. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but... Moving on to the beloved, beloved Twilight. Uh, we talked about Harry Potter, another franchise. Um, these are all franchises, but uh, talking about Twilight, um, my gosh, they look so young in this movie poster. But um, the Twilight Saga is a series of uh, five vampire-themed romance fantasy films, if you guys didn't know, um, which are uh, the four novels based um, on the books. or Yeah, the movies are based on the books by Stephanie Meyer. Um, and so the films star Kristen Stewart, Robert Pattinson, and Taylor Lautner. Um, and so this series has grossed over $3.3 billion worldwide, um, and it has ranged from 2008 to 2012 with five total films. Um, and so, yeah, oh my gosh, Four, $401 million budget over the total of five films and $3.346 billion at the box office, which is awesome. Um, yeah, I feel, gosh, my gosh, I remember these days. Um, we were so young, but um, yeah, I Twilight. T-shirt, the New Moon t-shirt. Man, my we had all types of stuff. Took me to all the films. We were obsessed, though. Team Edward, Team Jacob. There was all the fanfic on Tumblr. And so I was a Tumblr girl in high school. We yeah. had after, issues. After my mom threw my silly bands out, I kind of had an emo phase. <laughs> I was really... You guys all- remember, go back to the previous episode. What episode was that? Please go back and listen to the episodes because Chelsea yeah, and these, that was episode these silly one. bands, <laughs> she became... The villain. Yeah, <laughs> I did. Said. Then I turned into Shigo. She threw away the silly bands. I turned into Shigo, y'all. I had a really Bye. emo goth stage of listening to Bye. music and yeah. Goodbye. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this 
this is horrible because literally we just were so so <laughs> entranced. But yeah, I mean, it even says this article. There's a poll, you know, years later, Team Edward versus Team Jacob remains the most divisive issue of our time. And so it says it was the best of our times. It was the worst of our times. There's always, you know, two sides to the coin. Um, and so the ultimate question is always, are you Team Edward or are you Team J- uh, Jacob? And if you guys remember um, growing up, that was always the thing. And so um, you have this immortal, sparkling vampire, <laughs> Edward Cullen. Um, and then you have this, you know, this uh, shape-shifting um, person who can turn into a werewolf. Um, a shapeshifter who is a werewolf and family friend, and then this vampire who's thirsty for her blood, but also in love with her. And so it was always, you know, I feel like I was always Team Jacob. I don't know. But this poll, um, <laughs> my gosh, this is uh, just hilarious. This uh, poll was taken in 2019. Um, and the the polarization <laughs> of this topic, <laughs> seeing how, you know, there's always, you know, from the audience perspective, you know, who are we going to vote for in terms of when it comes to certain characters? Um, so, because we can see how the characters portray themselves, right? Oh, one is more evil than the other. But who are we going to be more invested in? And and it's kind of hard to say with, you know, I, I I was telling Chelsea offline, like, I feel like the supporting characters by, around them were more evil <laughs> than them. I mean, I want to say yes. more towards the vampire side. Yes. But they both had their intentions in terms of their relation to Bella. And so um, out of 8,805 respondents across the U.S., 22% of the people said they were Team Edward, and 18% said that they are Team Jacob. Of the respondents, 60% of those polled said they didn't know or had no opinion, um, which is so wild. Um, And they were saying, you know, it's surprising that some of them weren't sure. Um, 30% of those polled were Gen Z or millennials, um, you know, 18 to 21 or 22 to 37 Whereas Gen X and Boomers, 38 to 53, and 54 to 72, accounted for 64% of respondents. So it's uh, very, very interesting. Um, and I, I think it's just amazing, like, seeing the results. <laughs> I feel like I was split in the middle. I was definitely Team Edward for the books. Mm. And then when I saw the movie, I was Team Jacob for the film. Yeah, I didn't really get to get through all the books. But yeah, I, th- I feel like the books... Girl, no, I didn't read. I didn't read all those books, girl. Girl, I got them on the bookshelf right here. Y'all can't see us because this is a podcast, but I'm pointing to them. Oh my gosh, I I'm got, actually girl, triggered by that. Let I think me I lost them. Awesome? I'll mail you them, ma'am. Too long, but I I definitely feel like the when I was reading the first one, I think it's definitely you're definitely right because I feel like the in the books your mind caters more towards Edward. Um, and then you see it play out and you're like, dang, you kind of evil, but like, because not the really. The book to me is Eclipse. Only because, mm-hmm. and the, the thing what's so cool about Stephanie Meyer and the way she writes is that each book kind of represents through the title what it's going to be about. Twilight. Mm-hmm. It's a, a new thing. You know, she sees him, you know, it, it's Twilight. It's like, it's what is a, that on the cusp? Yeah. And it's the, the initial meet of them, you know? Then you got mm-hmm. New Moon. She's exploring this new relationship, even though they have problems with it being, you know, long distance and stuff, you know. <laughs> y'all haven't seen it. And then you got Eclipse. You know, there's a covering over the, 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 the moon, you know, the, mm-hmm. the covering. So she's like, I need to make a decision. Am I going to be with Jacob? Right. Am I going to be with Jacob? And then right. on, after she makes her final decision, it's like, 
now I'm going to be joining him on this new chapter. It's so, so good. It made me so easy. Oh my gosh. I'm just saying when the first film came out, I was like 12. So at that age, you're impressionable anyway, but I'm just like, Oh my God. (laughs) We were so invested. Seriously. Looking back though, if you try to watch, like try to watch the movies now, it's like, what the heck is it? Why did I like Literally, it? when you grow up and watch again, you're like, bro, what were y'all doing? Um, you guys can actually, you know, they're actually bringing Twilight to Netflix soon. I'm no putting the reminder on. Oh um, and they have all of the movies on Hulu with the Showtime add-on. So you probably have better luck just, get, you know, watching it on Showtime. But yeah, um, yeah that, that will, those will be coming to the streaming services while we talk and mess. Um, so yes, definitely, please. I'm going to do a whole marathon watching each one because yeah it's just i forget how many there were and like oh my gosh this those man each movie has its own thing but i definitely feel like you know the in terms of the intention you have this you know native american character and then you have these um who are you know the werewolves and then you have (laughs) these vampires who had a lot of stuff going on in the background which definitely deterred me away from them but they're so just so like badass and like Oh my gosh, there, there's complexities there, and so definitely watch them, enjoy them. Um, we, will, I will be having a series, so hit me up if y'all want to watch together when they come out. Um, but um, yes, the last one, super super fun, Phineas and Ferb. <laughs> we want to talk about Phineas and Ferb um, because I just feel like, oh my gosh, we, oh, this is like so nostalgic because what the heck, 2007 four seasons um and yeah i mean it didn't end till yeah the end of um high school but my gosh you guys phineas and ferb if you're not familiar basically phineas and his stepbrother ferb they are so determined to make each day of summer the best day that it can possibly be so that's the whole scope of the tv show and so they try building a a full a full-scale roller coaster um, becoming musicians, building a backyard beach, and traveling back in time to meet dinosaurs. Uh, they have a family pet, Perry the Platypus, of course, who doubles as a secret agent and battles evil. Meanwhile, ugh, annoying, their older sister, Candace, <laughs> wow, triggered, telling on myself. Mom, finish uh, We're doing a, a, a theme song. She, she, was, was, like, she, was, <laughs> she was so aggy. Like, I love how they incorporated that into the opening sequence, though. Like, she's that yeah. annoying that she's going to say, they're on a TV show doing a an opening sequence. Like, how yeah. annoying can you be? Yeah. Um, yeah. So the oldest sister always, you know, tattling on them to mom and dad, even though she can never seem to catch them in the act to actually say, like, what they're doing wrong. So can we just get into it? Doofenshmirtz and Barry. Doofenshmirtz is, oh my gosh, you guys. If you don't know, Doofenshmirtz is this just, oh, Dr. Hines. <laughs> Can't forget Hines Ketchup. No, I'm joking. Um, but he's a mad scientist who he's, his motive is driven behind the need for him to uh, assert his evilness. Um, although they say that, you know, he has a good heart in some situations. This is not, he's not totally evil, but um, he's definitely always trying to you know, do something that would jeopardize, um, just their life, their lives. And, um, you know, Perry who doubles, yes, a platypus doubling as a secret agent, 
his spy name is Agent P. And oh my gosh, the uh, he works so for pet was a special agent. Same time, dude, can you like actually imagine and working for the organization without a cool acronym, or also known as the OWCA? <laughs> it's just amazing. But uh, I always thought it was interesting how the show revolves around Phineas and Ferb and their shenanigans of trying to get the best out of life and how the show just revolves around summer. And it was like, dang, they ain't never going to school. It was the eternal summer. They never went to school. The eternal summer. We were so jealous. We were so jealous. Like this fantasy world of of just the show continuing for, for years and them never going to school. But that was the main premise of it and having this like subplot of Doofenshmirtz always trying to get into something and Perry's like, nah, I ride for my owners. I ride for my owners. You're not going to do nothing. So I always loved how Perry just like this animal just comes and inserts himself into these situations and, you know, often comes to save the day and, and the complexities of having, you know, another character who's like obviously the antagonist and evil and he has an evil daughter as well is like trying to you know do things and then sometimes you see his soft spot revealed so sometimes the villain is not you know wholly evil uh sometimes there are things that pull on their heartstrings too so i just thought that would be a fun fun little tidbit uh to add in there um gotta love that show um it's just just amazing um, and it's crazy because I'm reading that they actually um, developed the the Povenmire and March um, developed the series concept together and pitched it to networks for 16 years before securing a run on Disney Channel. So definitely grateful for them in this fun show. Um, and yeah, this is amazing. But those are my picks. I hope you guys definitely enjoy it because I did. You you can watch Phineas and Ferb on Disney Plus or wherever you find it. So. Yeah. yeah, I love that. It's good to end on a happy note. It's good. Yes. I love that. Had to save that for last. Right? Hope you enjoyed Blueberries and Broccoli. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in next week for our special Dramas with a Side Order of Sad. Oh, yeah. yes. Going back into Sad Girl. Seriously, <laughs> so sad. We're going to talk about the melodramas. Melodramatic. Yeah. You know? Hello. The love Notebook it. has entered the chat. Oh, gosh. Not the Notebook. No, I'm not going to talk about the notebook, but I will talk about my You can if you want to. I'll just... <laughs> I probably won't, y'all. I didn't cover the notebook before. Y'all don't want to hear that again. <laughs> We're going to talk about, like, the heavy tearjerker movies, so it's going to be really yeah. good. Yeah. It's going to be fun. It's gonna yeah, be like, like the photograph. I think it... <laughs> yeah, your mom didn't want me to tell you, so... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh! We were so disappointed. <laughs> we were so disappointed. <laughs> So mad. Oh my God. I was like, dang, I came to the movies and everything. Got the large popcorn and the large drink. I was. We're going to stop talking. I'm sorry, guys. We keep bringing it up, but it honestly, that one, look, I should have cried because, <laughs> sir, sir. Oh my goodness. Feel free to follow us on social media to stay updated on this podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Shea Butter Pop or on Instagram at Shea Butter Popcorn. Or follow us individually. You can follow me at Chelsea J Music on Twitter or Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram at Tajana Okachuku and on Twitter at Tajana Tweets. Yes. Let us know what you thought. Which one mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah, let us know. Come on, talk to us, please. Okay. <laughs> All right. See y'all next week. All righty. Bye.